0: What up, everybody? Welcome to the State of Wild, episode nine, and now regular podcast, YouTube video, web series thing. I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Corbett Games. Corbett, how are you doing tonight?
1: Hey, what's up, me up? Uh I'm doing very well. A little sleepy, but apart from that, good to go. Uh,
0: dude, I the time zones. For anybody that doesn't know, Corbett's in Australia, and I'm on the east coast of the U.S. So I think there's like actually a 12-hour difference between us or something like that. So it's mm-hmm. we, we we record this at very weird times so i hope you guys understand that if either one of us is speaking nonsense that'll be our excuse you know but the rest of you guys you guys know the job by now we're gonna do three things during this episode uh first of all we're gonna be talking about the state of the wild meta so obviously what's dominating how to beat it and any decks that might be flying underneath the radar second off we're gonna be talking about any wild news controversial topics or maybe the lack thereof and last but not least we'll be talking about our decks of the week so a powerful meta deck uh one that's being a little bit underestimated or a fun off meta choice that we've been enjoying uh, and so before we get started, just a reminder to leave a like, comment, and subscribe if you guys enjoy content like this. It's free and it supports us a lot. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. So talking about the State of the Wild meta, so we recorded this episode last week <laughs> talking about cards that we kind of wanted to see nerfed potentially, and then immediately the day after, they nerfed two of the cards, right? So it's you guys are welcome, all right, first of all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um so let's talk a little bit about these nerfs to Kalethos and elucia so those of you guys that haven't seen already Kalethos now makes every third spell cost one from zero and elucia has gone from two mana to three uh so obviously they've impacted druid and they've impacted reno priest so that miracle otk druid is already outdated uh but it's still being run in a ton of other druid decks uh and then obviously elucia getting nerfed i think the only deck that really ran it was, was reno priest competitively And so i want to get your opinion as kind of like the resident high legend expert here uh how have they impacted druid and reno priest like obviously the power level is a little bit lower but have they really disrupted where they lie in the metagame
1: um i think that malay druid was already like seeing very limited play um and it definitely makes the deck like a lot worse against aggro i haven't really like played the deck personally very much and i haven't really seen a ton of it um, so a lot of this is kind of just in theory, but yeah, uh, previously like scamming out UIs with Kale yeah. was one of your, really like the only ways you won against aggro. And so I think Mally Drew just took like, took a really, really significant hit here. Um, as for Priest, like uh, Elucia was probably your second best turn to play, like right behind Zeph into aggro matchups. So um, it definitely feels a lot worse uh, against aggro because often like there's a big difference between turn two and turn three in how often your opponent can like use the coin now that they they don't have to feel like they have to immediately use it on their first turn before you can like cheat it um and so yeah that kind of really changed but i mean you still run it it's still like a really really crucial card for like disrupting combo and super important for reno priest in the meta as a whole um but yeah that's been about it i don't think it's actually impacted things a ton in terms of like the grand scope even if the cards themselves are like significant in what's what's happened
0: yeah, I 100 percent agree with the uh the Eleusia note when it comes to Reno Priest. I will say a lot of the Druid lists that we were seeing in the first couple of weeks of the expansion were actually like running zero copies of poison seeds, and they were sometimes going down to like one copy of spreading plague. I wonder mm-hmm. if like this nerf to Kalthos, like you at least now have to be running double plague, right? Like 100 percent Yeah. Um, well, Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I think I think like you probably already should have been doing that. But yeah, <laughs> so it definitely like forces your hand.
0: Yeah, I- I'm just I'm interested in, like, how Druid's going to shake up. Because I feel like the meta right now... We, we were talking about this last week, where, like, or two weeks ago, where Mally Druid feels like one of the stronger matchups into Reno Priest. Like, at the time. And mm-hmm. it's so it's kind of interesting that it has completely dropped off the face of the earth. And we'll talk maybe a little bit about why. Um, I think Darkly Warlock and Kingsman have a big part uh in that. But I, I'd be interested to see, like... In the grand scheme of things, I don't actually think the Kael'thas nerf... Is that relevant? I think the the big thing with the Kael'thas nerf is like you no longer get the turn five blowout double UI turns that are just like they feel really shitty to play against, right? You no longer get that. I, I think in general the the re, the druid like power level remains relatively stable because druid eventually came down to like drawing plague against Akira almost anyways. <laughs> um, whereas I think Elucia does hurt Rina Priest but I still still think that Elucia is like an insanely strong card in that deck and I don't think like it hurts the aggro matchups that much because it's it's priest, right so yeah I I would agree that I don't think either of them have like drastically been affected by these nerfs mm-hmm.
1: yeah I think I think Jade druid might even be more <laughs> affected than Mali in some ways but um yeah I mean I I, I do think the kale is a bigger deal for druid in the like larger scope I suppose Than Lucian. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, then Lucia. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it was like deja vu, right? It was so yeah. weird. We are talking about the nerves. And then the next day it was like, uh so Meowth, what else do you want to talk about? Uh what else are we getting nerfed tomorrow?
0: Yeah, let's uh so we're gonna nerf literally everything in the format uh-huh. until we're playing Yetis on four again, yeah? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh all right. So we talked a little bit about this before. Um let's talk about Darkly Warlock, right? We talked about mm-hmm. this last week, about this new deck that had burst onto the scene. And I think in the week that's passed I have seen a lot of conversation about Dark Lear Warlock to, to put it lightly a lot of complaining about Darkler Warlock, a lot of crying for nerfs already uh, and so now that we've had a week for the meta to sort of shift and adapt to Dark glare Warlock um, <clears throat> are you still sold on this deck being like the best deck in the format or do you think it's do you think it's the best deck in the format? Like, where do you think it lies in the grand scope of the metagame? Because I feel like I've seen so much pain zoo, or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, and I have seen some really, really interesting attempts from at least the NA Letter to adapt to it. So I'd like to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, so it's been like, what, 10 days now since the um, the Chinese meta report that came out that I can't pronounce. Mm-hmm. Um, when that re- when that was released uh, 10 days ago, uh, that's really when it popped up on NA and EU, so that's a week uh a week really since like we last recorded um so yeah like uh it's everywhere right like dark layer warlock is everywhere it's really really strong um i went through my matchups i didn't go through each replay personally but i saw that about 60 to 65 percent of my opponents are either dark layer warlock or reno priest of like the past 200 games that's um <laughs> that that's, so a little bit that's insane yeah yeah that is a very very high number um so, yeah, you say it like bursts onto the scene. It's more like it just exploded and like ripped it apart. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's right up there with Arena Priest as the two defining decks of the format. They're the most important decks, the warping decks, are the most popular decks, the most powerful decks. Uh, Dark Lair, Warlock, it really, it's very tough. Like, you're talking about counters and viable counters and experimenting with weird stuff. And I feel like I'm part of that where I've tried some really janky things like Narubian, Weblord uh, Christology paladin to try and, like tutor out the <laughs> web load and really like slow them down. Um, but then like once I got spirit bombed, I was like, Oh, okay. So they can counter that if they actually want to, <laughs> if like, if, want I to, ever, yeah. if I ever, like, yeah, if I have a plan on doing this, it's like, Oh, they could just like one mana answer. And I actually lose tempo. Um, so it's kind of nutty. Uh, yeah. as for like any viable counters and stuff. I, I'm really struggling to find some. Well, um, so
0: you mentioned like dark glare warlock or pain zoo. Let's call it dark glare warlock. Okay. Darklare, yep. Warlock, and Priest, 65-70% of the metagame. Is that because you think Priest is the best matchup into Dark Lair, or is it just like the case of two extremely strong decks that are like 50-50 into each other and then they beat everything else in the metagame?
1: Yeah, the latter. I uh, I think they're both two ridiculously strong decks. Um that don't that like they go relatively even into each other. It's not like I don't think Arena Priest is the direct counter anymore. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think Dark Lair players have generally improved in how they are playing the matchup and um have also generally like pushed towards builds that try and beat Priest, right? It makes sense if Priest is like yeah. twenty five, thirty percent of the meta. Um and so yeah, I-, I just think like together they make this really just uh this dominating combo that make it very, very hard to target one over the other because the types of deck that should beat uh Darklay, in theory, they get this destroyed by Priest. Yeah. And that's, that's been my also.
0: experience, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's very tough to target both at the same time. Um, and there is some decks that do okay, right? Like, there's some decks that you might say maybe it's slightly favorable into Dark Glare Warlock, um, but there's no, like, direct counter that seems like it's that viable in the uh, the meta as a whole, at least that I can see right now.
0: Yeah, I, I think my experience has been you find a deck and it's, like, got a decent matchup into Dark Glare, but then you get absolutely demolished by the 30% of Priests on ladder, or you find the matchup that's, yeah. like, really good into Priests and you get demolished by the... of Dark Lair on ladder, right? So I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's break this down a little bit. So let's talk about Dark Lair itself. So I think the deck itself actually has an extremely high skill cap compared to, like, the perception of the deck. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's always the case where people perceive it to be this brain-dead Dark Lair on three combo style of deck, whereas having played it myself, I played, like, 40 or 50 games in the span of two days, And the amount of nuance like i don't want to say strategy but like pre-planning and then correct ordering to optimize mana and um prioritization of like what you're playing on what turn and what order is is super super nuanced and super important depending on the matchup so uh (laughs) and it's on a massive time
1: and it's on a massive time yeah you only have 70 seconds to
0: figure all this out and play all the cards and draw your cards Mm -hmm. and use all your mana Hundred uh, percent agree, and so for those of the of the listeners that are just recently picking up the deck and, and trying to learn it and play it and climb to legend, uh, or climb legend uh, with this brand new powerful deck, do you have some like general tips and tricks uh, for these players? Because I know you've been playing a lot of it, and I've only been playing it for a few days, so I can say a few things. But I know you've played it like maybe three times as much as I have. Um, I, I, I would just say that like your certain matchups you want Lothab right before you commit Giants or some matchups you just care about Tempo uh Broomstick is like super important in certain matchups compared to others um mm-hmm. and without getting like too deep into the weeds on like in this specific matchup with the specific hand uh do you kind of just have some some tips for all of those listening
1: so in terms of like the higher level players I'm sure they already kind of know what they're doing <laughs> like a lot of the time in terms of like uh going into with Lothab and kind of like waiting again in the Priest matchup and then Figuring out, like, um, you know, you need to make sure you go in before the Anduin if you're, like, even without the Lothab and stuff like that. Um, So, like, I think, like, the high-level players understand. But, like, in terms of, like, people who might not be as experienced who are just, like, picking it up, um, there's a few, like, glaring things that stand out when I looked at some replay data, which was interesting. Um, So, like, Crystallizer, for example, um, it sees a lot of play on turn one which is really not what you want to be doing with Crystallizer. Uh, Crystallizer on one will immediately like stop your Flesh Giant from getting reduced and kind of like slow down everything else. Uh, so if you're playing Crystallizer, make sure you try and like hold it for the combo turn unless you're playing as yeah. aggro and you just need to tempo it. Um, but yeah, it was really surprising the amount of play um, when I looked at the turn counter. Um, what else? Uh, you, you identified like Broom... Um, if you have broom in like the mirror, don't feel like you immediately have to vomit out your stats as fast as you can. Uh, you can wait a turn, but if you have to like dark layer and raise dead versus like sense demons, you might want to the sense demons instead. Um, if you have the broom, because it's all about like the counter swing.
0: Yeah, I feel like it doesn't
1: really like... matter like who vomits stats first. If, yeah, like, exactly. If you have the broomstick.
0: I was about to say like in the mirror, I feel like it's more whoever pops off second is in a favorable position especially if they have the mm. broom right because yeah
1: because of, of all those favorable trades that they yeah. can make
0: and then, like you don't um, as as a darkly warlock you don't really have a ton of ways to swing the board back in your favor right if you get broomsticked in the mirror unless you also have four giants for some reason and a broomstick like you're not really coming back from that position so i, I agree i think the mirror mm. is a super difficult matchup to play like that the mirror hurts my brain a little bit to play I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah
1: lie. and <laughs> there's also the last thing which is like hey just don't attack the face you know like I know it's very tempting sometimes and just trying to figure out when you should be attacking face or don't attack face um, a lot of times just don't attack the face right like you don't want to get those molten giants cheaper uh, if you're playing as priest or something this isn't playing as dark look. Um but in the mirror don't attack the face but yeah if you're playing priest just like renew their renew your opponent like a power pass on turn two like, like, hero power pass. yeah legit yeah. just like really <laughs> deny and slow down those molten giant tones if you can um, and that same goes for the mirror. tips like, do I attack with my librarian on turn two? It's like, probably not.
0: Yeah. All right. So if you guys are interested in learning how to play this deck, I highly recommend you guys check out Corbett's stream. Uh, at least drop a follow so that you guys can watch his VOD. Uh, he does play a ton of the deck and plays it very well. Uh, and he's not going to sell out, so I'm going to do it for him. Um, but <laughs> uh, let's talk about some counters because I know a lot of people hate the deck. And I know you are kind of adamant that there are no counters, right? But... Mm. I've had a little bit of success with something like Reno Priest. right? Uh, Wave of Apathy has been really good, especially because you save it for their low lockout turn, and then you can actually Wave of Apathy into a Mass or a Psychic Scream or an Anduin. Um, so the, I, I've had the most success against Darkly Warlock running Reno Priest. Um, mm-hmm. Do you really feel like that's not a, a counter to Darkly Warlock? Um, I
1: think that it's, it's probably slightly favored but I think that um, I've been seeing a lot of Warlocks taking in the cult.
0: Uh, oh, the Neophyte? Yeah. yeah,
1: the Neophyte. Yeah, the two mana, three, two spells cost one more. Um, so people are using that in the uh, yeah. like flex spot. And I think that definitely like improves the matchup. Um, I, I personally played uh, Polk Elf, um as a way to try and put your Lothab towards the top of the deck. In the low like, Warlock, okay. Yeah, in low cool. Warlock. Yeah, so I was playing that um, as a bit of an experiment and that kind of improved things a little bit as well. Um, so I think I that, it, yeah. I think that like dark Lair into Reno priest is probably a matchup that gets better for the warlock,
0: with, um, experience. with more play
1: experience and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it does fine. Like, I think, I think Reno priest is a fine counter. Like I don't like, it's not crying every time you see a dark wall warlock by any <laughs> means. It might even win more than it loses, but it's not, um, it's not like a firm, you know, like a favorable, like it's not really something I think that will actually push out dark Lair for in sure the, in, in the format. Well,
0: I, yeah. I will say, I think the worst part about Darklair being meta is that it's brought out all the dead man's Hand Warriors on ladder and Odd Warriors, and like, I think if you have to, yeah, I think if, you have, to, cl- yeah, I think if like, you have to claim really a counter, weird. like, Odd Warrior maybe? Mm-hmm. If you're completely building the Odd Warrior to be anti-Darklair Warlock with Risky Skippers and bearovs and Blades, like, all that kind of crap, then maybe yeah. that's as close as you get to a counter, but then you're, like, losing to everything else on ladder so it doesn't really feel like yeah. a, I, a, think, I think it's like, like, like the Exodium the Age Snap like conversation yeah there. i think
1: like i think odd demon hunter is like another one where like odd demon hunter is very aggressive can put a lot of damage on that makes the uh, difficult for the war to use their cards and they also have mana burn which can just be like gg if you yeah. play it on like prior to the dark left but again like demon hunter like it sucks like it doesn't matter like it's not good into and priest and stuff yeah
0: i like the other the other potential counters that i had written down here in our notes were actually stuff like secret mage and king's Rogue, stuff that's super aggressive and can mm. kill the dark layer warlocks right but then you run into this problem we talked about earlier where you're you're losing to reno priest right so like if you're willing if you really hate dark Lair that much there are options out there but if you're trying to beat both dark Lair and reno priest you're going to run into a little bit of issues uh but yeah i i want to wrap up this meta section with one last conversation so i actually i tweeted out a couple days ago just because it was like a brand new deck and i was like let the meta play out for a little bit it's okay that we have a strong deck just Mm -hmm. and, and i was in the i was i tweeted out i was like you guys are complaining about Dark Warlock, but like Dark Glare Warlock is not the most powerful deck in the metagame, right? So if you're complaining about this, you should also be complaining about that. And so I got a response, and shoutouts to Hazer. If you guys don't know Hazer, he's a very High Legend player. Uh, and I wanted to bring up a response of his. And this is not to knock the response, but this is just to kind of have a conversation. He, uh, he replied, there's a fine line between the best deck in the game and an unhealthy deck for the game. Dark if not the best deck, is certainly unhealthy. And so then I replied well, if the the question then becomes where are you drawing this line at unhealthy, right? Because if you're saying Dark Lair is unhealthy, well, I also think, like, Hemet 6, mekathin Combo on 7 is unhealthy. I think Quest Mage was unhealthy. I think Reno Priest super unhealthy, right? And so while I agree that Dark Lair is super strong, right, if you touch it, then there's now precedent for anything that anybody deems unhealthy. And so I kind of want to just open up this conversation, kind of freeform conversation for a couple minutes, mm-hmm. uh, with, like, How do you define unhealthy? Is unhealthy like a fine line for drawing the line that this needs to be nerfed? Uh, Or is it just like sentiment, right? Like people don't hate losing to Reno Priest because it kind of feels fair, right? It happens turn seven, turn eight, turn nine, whereas losing against Dark Lair is losing turn four, turn five, right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, like in general, I think like when talking about what's healthy, it's all about sentiment yeah. um and win rate and stuff like that and popularity that can all like factor into sentiment right like if you're seeing a deck you know 40 percent of the time you're probably not going to feel very good about it um but i think it's always about like what the player experience is and how they're feeling and whether they're having fun and whether whether the game feels like it's good or not and whether the play base of the whole feels like that and so it's really a personal um it's really like a personal decision or a personal feeling about whether something is healthy or unhealthy, whether something breaks or feels wrong in the game in a way that uh kind of goes against what your expectations are uh, for what should be kind of allowed. Uh so I think like the biggest thing is that you just want to make sure everything feels fine relative to everything else. Like if everyone else is doing broken stuff, then you know, then we can up the power level, right? It's not like we're gonna go put like yeah. UI back in classic Hearthstone, then of course, if you did that, it would make it look insane uh, beyond everything else that they had available. Uh, but now, like if everyone else is doing kind of stuff that is kind of nutty, um, then it feels like you can counter it, you can do your own nutty thing. And so it really just becomes like, is there an aberration? Is there is there something strange? Uh, or is there something that's doesn't belong with what we can currently do? Um, and so, for many people, something like Dark Lair Warlock, which can vomit out like multiple edits very, very consistently on turn three and turn four, and then lock people out with Lothar, for a lot of people, that feels like it's something that a lot of decks can't do. It's at a power level that's way too high. It's at a, it's a play experience that is a little too toxic for them, um, in whatever way they define that. Yeah. And I think that's like perfectly fine. I think that's like a perfectly way, a perfectly fine way to think about the game. And if that's your opinion on Dark Lair, you know, uh, feel free. And I'm not going to tell you the feel one way or the other.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I honestly think, I agree. I think the big reason that people are kind of so up in arms about Dark Lair, where they weren't so up in arms about something like turn seven mechathene combo every game, or like pull Kelton to into to it's a spawn kill on turn eight or turn nine, is that it happens like, you get killed on turn four, turn five, whereas opposed yeah. to you're getting killed on turn six, turn seven. Even though mm-hmm. the consistency and the power level, and I wouldn't spout any facts about win rates because I don't know those, but like I feel like they're all relatively the same. It's just like people feel bad because they're losing on turn four, turn five, rather than losing mm-hmm. on turn six, turn seven. And I don't know... I, I I honestly don't know if that's a fine way to describe unhealthy, and I know like you're saying it's per person, but... I think this argument of, oh, it's an unhealthy deck for the format, well, like, every powerful deck's unhealthy for the format, right? Because whatever the best decks in the format are, people are going to hate losing to because they're going to be popular, they're going to be strong. So every strong deck is unhealthy, you know? Um, and so it's just a really weird conversation and, like, I, don't get me wrong, I'm in the boat of, like, Darkly Warlock is pretty damn strong. I'm, I'm definitely 100% on board with it being the second best or the best deck in the format, okay? But just because you're getting killed on turn four, turn five, rather than turn six, turn seven, doesn't really feel like, oh, this deck is super unhealthy and it needs to be nerfed immediately, right? At least, especially in the case of Darkly Warlock, where it's a brand new deck for two weeks, right? Mm -hmm. Where the meta hasn't completely been able to adjust. And so I I don't know if that's a useful discussion to have. And I mean, I don't, I guess my, my, I will now pose the question of like, If people are going to complain about a deck, what's the most constructive way for them to do it other than saying this deck is unhealthy and it feels bad? Because yes, feeling should be taken into account, right? How you feel when you're playing against the deck or when you are playing the deck, but my experience is going to be different than your experience, which is going to be different than the random person on ladder's experience, which is going to be different than somebody at bronze 10 in wild, right? And so, and it's really hard to quantify feeling, and so if you're going to make Mm -hmm. this argument that Dark Lord Warlock needs to be nerfed, how do you how should you go about it, if that makes sense?
1: I think it's just about identifying why you feel a certain way, right? Like, why, why do I feel like this is broken? And then sort of being able to convey that, like, very clearly. Um, rather than just, like, shouting out the word, this is broken, Blizzard, fix it. It's just, like, talk about why the early game power swing, if that's the issue. Like, hey, is this the early game power swing? Should I try and talk about that? Because um, I, I think just, like, shouting from the rooftop, generally isn't a great way to do it especially for wild where a lot of people um have very distinct ideas about whether wild should be touched at all like whether wild should be allowed to you know roam free and just kind of (laughs) be able to do whatever you want and never ever have a balance change directly uh wild related um and so like even this discussing like what people I i think people get into these nerf discussions and healthy meta discussions without even sort of being on the same page what they're talking about um and so i think just like being clear about defining like what the issue is and how you feel about wild as a whole is really important when talking about this stuff um but yeah people should be able to complain people should complain if they don't like something i i think that's great just be constructive about it
0: uh just again nothing against Hazer. i just i thought it was a good launch point for a discussion and i hope it was uh it was a good discussion uh but yeah so i think we're gonna go ahead and move on to part two In regards to wild news, um, we kind of already touched on this, right? We had nerfs, like, the day after we recorded Mm. our last podcast. Uh, And so we've talked a little bit about thoughts and Lucian. I don't really feel like there's much more to talk about. Uh, And so the only other little piece of news is that they have now removed the ability to pull Nazdormu off of Ysera portals. And so uh, this kind of prompted something that's been talked about a lot with... Nas Dormu should not really be in the game to begin with because of the limitations and everything like that. Um, and I know the person that I'm about to quote is going to love the fact that I'm quoting him here, <laughs> um, but Lion in my Discord was talking about yesterday. Uh, because Nas requires really rapid actions, he like single-handedly reduces the accessibility of the game for a lot of people, right? Uh, and that's like the whole reason that Harson has become successful, right? And so the fact that people like Ike can pick it up in the hospital or No Hands Gamer can pick it up the, despite his physical limitations and be one of the best players in the world, uh, is, that's a good thing, right? And Nazdormu and cards like that should not be a thing, right? Um, I just wanted to shout out Lion because the way that he articulated this was very, very well. Uh, but yeah, big piece of news. I guess the second big piece of news Nazdormu can't be pulled off your Sarah portal, so you can't rely on that anymore if you are trying to abuse it, I guess.
1: <laughs> uh- yeah, I definitely think Noz should be deleted for a lot of these reasons that Lion has been talking about. Um, if I was watching GM and I saw No Hands get scammed out of a game because he couldn't interact yeah. with a Noz Dormu, I would be super, super pissed. Um, I, I think this card should have been deleted and kind of taken away for a long time just because of a lot of talking about the accessibility, and this doesn't yeah. feel like it's something that should be in Hearthstone. So I would uh, co sign that for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I hope it's at least something that they're looking at when it comes to like this basic and classic set revamp um
1: yeah.
0: and they're looking at changing that card rather than just hall of fame it and move it to wild sort of mindset mm-hmm. um yeah because I don't, I don't even think in wild that it's a very fun card or useful card uh at all yeah. right all right but yeah let's go ahead and move on to part three all right so here's where we talk about our decks of the week so a top meta deck uh and under the radar deck that we think sneaky good uh, or an off meta deck that we've really been enjoying messing around with for all of you guys that aren't into like the super tryhard legend thing or just looking for a short break at the rank floor. So for our meta deck of the week, uh we have Elite who hit rank 1 legend NA uh with his take on Reno Priest. Uh I mean let's just kind of talk about it a little bit. Uh he says perfect 30 card Raza Priest sphere is bad. Uh do you want to comment a little bit on the the unique uniqueness of his list compared to some of the other Arena Priest lists that you've been seeing?
1: Uh, yeah, so the the main points I think on his list is the, what, Lothab, Dirty Rat, lack of sphere, um, no wave of apathy, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, apart from that, it's very stock, I think, um, for the remaining for the remaining slots. Um, seems pretty straightforward in terms of the build and stuff. It With, smear, with sphere, uh, it's an interesting... A mission because a lot of people have still been playing it and um i've seen a lot of people like kind of talking about the statistical reasons not to play it and i don't know if sphere is that bad but i've been looking at a lot of the hs replay info and i think it's like borderline probably cuttable at this point i think it's like a card that it's hard to evaluate just from playing it and i think that uh getting some more data on that has been really big
0: yeah i also think that in terms of sphere it's kind of hard because a lot of people might not be utilizing it correctly using it right yeah and so mm-hmm. like the little stats that we do have on the card might not be completely representative of the potential of the card. Right. So I think it's going to mm-hmm. take a while before we can like eventually say sphere, good sphere, bad. I know I personally am a fan of sphere in a lot of decks. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, there's three things that kind of stood out to me, uh, from Elites Raza priest list. Uh, first of all, although he's running Polk Celt he's also running master spell and Shadowward ruin Shadowward ruin. I can kind of get behind because of the giants when, uh, when it comes to um, Dark Lord warlock sorry I kind of escaped mm-hmm. my mind for a little bit but the the master spell also feels a little bit weird uh, with what yeah. they're targeting and I for me clogging up the four drop slot feels really bad right because after you play Polkelt, you go Raza you go spawn or Raza then Anduin, and then wanna play spawn as soon as possible like as soon as possible right and when you're running a bunch of these mm-hmm. four drops the consistency of that gets uh a little bit muddled um, but obviously it's been working for them. I guess it's just the, the cycle potential, but I feel like there's other potential cards out there that could serve the same purpose. Um, mm. And then the big thing I want to touch on, if you guys are listening, there's no freaking sticky fingers in this deck. You don't need it. Run the ooze instead. Sticky finger bad. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I I, I agree. this firstly quickly on the Master spell. I don't think that makes very much sense in the current meta, personally, um, or in the list in general. So... With Sticky Fingers, yeah, a lot of people have been uh, playing that, and it's been very frustrating for me as a Kingsbane player. Um, but hopefully people push back to Glut, ooze. Uh, I've been seeing a lot less Kingsbane in general, so I think that people are going to probably gravitate to the uh, yeah. to the Glut, which is better in like non-weapon-related uh, matchups and stuff. I
0: mean, I will say, like, I haven't even been been playing Kingsbane and I'm still getting super pissed off at Sticky Finger because <laughs> I I play Sphere and I keep getting my sphere stolen by these decks that run Sticky Finger for no goddamn reason and it's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Punished even when I'm not playing Kingsbane. Uh, but yeah it's so ultimately if you guys want to play Rena Priest, I think this is a very, very strong shell. Shoutouts to Elite for hitting rank one legend on this uh, with this deck. Alright, so next up for one of our off meta decks, uh, I want to talk about a deck that i've been playing that's had a surprisingly high amount of success against all the arena priest on ladder uh so i've been playing kind of a revamped luna's pocket galaxy rena mage uh i've kind of completely ditched the the dragons just because with the alex nerf uh and the dragon nerf it just really doesn't feel worth it at all to run and i think the uh the, the big differences in this list uh is the synergy with turtle and pilgrim and potion evolution and so it's been kind of talked about a lot when it comes to to turtle mage, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of infinite loop style deck. But I've actually just been having a lot of success running like one of turtle and pilgrim, that you kind of want to run anyways because you run uh, pocket galaxy, yeah. uh, and with the the addition of potion illusion, illusion to do like this mini turtle mage loops, um, and I've been absolutely demolishing uh, rena priest list and quest mage list just by looping lothebs, right? So now that you have you have Brand Lothab, you have Zola to copy your Lothabs, you have Potion of Illusion to now copy your Lothabs, you have Barista to copy your Lothabs. Um It's been kind of degenerate, honestly, and it's been really, really good against Priest. Um, I think the the iffy cards on this list. Uh, I'm running a Potion of Polymorph and Ink Master Solia, just in a small attempt to help increase my matchups into Dark Lair, which have like been the worst matchups for the stack. Um, mm-hmm the ability to potentially cheat out a potion of polymorph and cheese the dark layer, for example, or screw up the raised dead, potentially. Um, and then the ability to, like, solia out a frost nova if they try to low the block you, or solely out a 10-mana polypot. Um, and so it's just a, a couple of experiments that I've been having, but I've been performing really, really well. I've had about a 70% win rate in legend, uh, around rank 400, so not like super high legend, but I climbed from like rank 1000 with it, so it's been pretty good. Uh, and there's a ton of refinement to be had. I think the the Conjurious Calling and Jandis are probably the worst cards in the deck, but they're a lot of fun to play with new cards. And uh, since you're going super anti aggro, the, the Conjurious Calling allows you to cheese some pressure against stuff like Deadman's Hand Warrior or Odd Warrior, which is pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, LPG Mage was like my favorite deck to play in, I think it was the June season um so i had a lot of fun with it and i'm kind of thinking about it because yeah it was a great counter to priest at the time and i'm sure it's a still a really solid counter now even without the dragons. so i'm kind of looking at this and i'm like hmm, i need to try this <laughs> I, I do fear like the, the hell out of darkler. uh that looks a little spooky but yeah this looks pretty sick
0: yeah uh i basically insta lost against everything i will say i didn't draw any of my like tech cards against Dark Lair warlocks so it's a little bit hard to yeah. say but I farmed I farmed Rena Priest. I was like eight and one, nine and one against Rina Priest. Um the matchups get a little bit weird against Rina Priest if they like Elusia.
1: Yeah. And, and then like
0: imagine. the the Turtle Mage loops can get a little bit confusing. I've I've screwed up my loops a lot because I don't pay attention to hand size, but that's just me being bad. <laughs> but I think there's like four or five like flex spots in this list that I'm still messing around with. Um hmm. But I do think that Pocket Galaxy Mage does still have a place in the metagame, potentially. Um, if you can dodge Pain, Zoo, or Darkly or whatever. But, uh, I mean, maybe there are some, like, sweet tech cards out there that I'm like, I don't know about that might help that matchup. But, I don't know. I spent I spent a while thinking about them. I couldn't find any. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, I mean, LPG Mage, back on the menu. This is not a free-to-play friendly list. So, if, you, if you're if you free to play, look away. Don't look at this. Okay. Uh, and last but not least, you want to take away with our second off meta deck?
1: yeah uh so i was again like looking at hs replay like i do obsessively um and i found like this odd shaman which is kind of insane it was performing pretty well not like the greatest deck in the entire world with the arena priest and dark Lairs on uh the website but odd shaman looked really solid which was surprising i hunted it down i found it was from anura um and a lot of people had been apparently playing it. i saw a whole bunch of tweets and stuff um so yeah odd shaman got a lot of kind of like actually significant support from the recent expansion with yeah. a card like Tour Guide, um, which is a really, really big deal, uh, just to try and get that instant um, Totem on one, uh, to get obviously great and all the odd uh, Baku decks. Um, but it picked up a whole bunch of other stuff. And so, yeah, I, I saw this list and I was like, damn, uh, it's actually performing well. In theory, it might be able to have an okay time in the Dark Lair, kind of, because of all the bursts you're running and stuff.
0: Yeah, for me, it feels um, like just like an agro Shaman. But, yeah, like, maybe it's better, like ag- right.
1: Yeah, it's just like kind of a different take on Agro Shaman. I think. Um, I think like something that I personally would try if I was going to pick this up would be Raz, the the five mana three six like Dreadlord that gains damage for every spell totem. Um, yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, uh, maybe over the in Instructor
0: Fireheart. I feel like the Fireheart's a little bit wonky, but
1: yeah, I would probably try that over the Fireheart, or I might cut the Marsh Spawns for maybe uh, the Raz and the Lothab or something like that um but yeah this list. Uh, like i haven't had the chance to try it myself it looks pretty fun uh seems competitive at least so yeah give it a go guys yeah i mean uh, i guess we don't really
0: have a a place to judge this deck building because anura hit top 100 legend on na and eu with the stack and we haven't played it right so first of all Mm -hmm. play their list it's probably better than the suggestions we're making or they they at least have a reason for why they're not running him but i (laughs) <laughs> I've played a little bit of odd shaman. This my list was not anything like this list, which might be the reason why I didn't do so hot. But uh, right. yeah, the list looks really really sick. Um, I'm excited to try it. I'm probably gonna jam it my next stream. Actually, looks really really fun.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely give it a go. I had to build, and I just like missed it uh, last stream, so I might uh, I might get back to it as well.
0: Yeah. So shoutouts to Anura for this deck list. It's uh, pretty pretty sick. Uh, but yeah I don't know I think I think that's it for us today we're reaching that, that mm-hmm. time of the, the episode I hope you guys enjoyed Uh we are doing these episodes every week so new, new news new discussions new decks every episode so if you guys enjoy that kind of content uh make sure you guys hit that subscription button so you guys uh, know when the new episodes go live Uh and if you are a person that's on the go in the real world doing real life things like that's kind of scary I can't imagine that but Mm. our podcast is now officially on spotify and apple podcast which is awesome we are officially podcasters dude <laughs> oh my god
1: dude we made it i know I, like need to call my mom and stuff famous. amazing
0: uh but yeah if you guys are you know on the move and want to check out uh our latest episodes they will be up there just search the state of the wild or um or either of our names and it should pop up uh corbett thank you again for joining me today man uh let the people know where they can find you
1: Guys, you can always find me at Corbett Games on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all that stuff. This is Corbett Games. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's another uh, really fun time.
0: Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this content. It's a lot of fun to make. I enjoy hanging out with Corbett, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you guys next time. Later. Bye, guys.